Hello, and welcome to episode 193 of Beyond the Weight with Hetty and Sandy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Hopefully. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this. So I sent out Christmas cards. Okay. So I don't know. Well, you obviously haven't got yours yet because no. you would have said something. I've just received a message today so that with the first person that received I didn't know if anyone would. So Phil and I spent, you know, a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon. We all wrote out our cards and everything. I think I had, we had 20 cards. Mm -hmm. There were a few going to the UK. Most are going to Canada, a couple in the US. Okay, fine. So I, I gave it to Roberto to take to the post office, right? And I thought, oh, this is going to be like last time. And last time it was, oh, they aren't sending to Canada because there's like a a postal strike. Okay, well, thank you. I'm glad that the postal service in Peru is telling me that Canada Post is on strike. I I watch the news every night. I'm pretty sure I would have caught that. Yeah, I remember you saying that to me because I think you you texted me and asked me if there was a postal strike. And I was like, no. <laughs> so then, so then he went back on like three days later and all of a sudden it goes through. So anyways, this day I said to him, Oh, can you go and put, can you post these for me? So I said, I don't know how much it's going to cost. So I gave him like a hundred soles. So a hundred soles is like, I don't know, 30 bucks or something. So he phones me and he's, and he always calls me miss miss. He said, miss it's 342 soles. And I was like, what? That's, I mean, I said, I said, okay, I mean, at this point, we're already committed. I've already, yeah. we've already spent the time there, right? But that is six Canadian dollars to send each card. And I don't even know that everybody will receive them. So really, how much I, is an international I'm to, stamp? Three something, an interna- right? An international stamp is 270 or 280. Okay, so it was double the price. So it's double the price ridiculous though and i I don't even know if things will get there that is the key so i i had a message just from wanda so okay that she just got okay okay so i know that she made it made made it to hamilton made it to hamilton yeah (laughs) not sure if it's made it to toronto just yet no toronto vancouver although to be to be to be honest i don't think i've checked my mailbox all week so because nobody sends mail anymore no so it could be there it could be there yeah anyways it was (laughs) phil phil and i were talking about today he said is anyone i said no and he's like i said i know but i he said that was a lot of money and for you you know he never says anything and i said i know hon but i felt like we were committed at that point he said no no we spent two hours writing these cards well that's it like once you first of all you bought the cards and the cards are expensive then you spend the time to write out the card i mean at that point whatever the postage cost you're saying i know exactly yeah, exactly. I, I very much feel that way. But then I was like, Roberta, do you even have that money on you? Like now, how am I going to get you that money? Is your th-? He said, no, 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 it's okay, miss. You can just pay me back. I'm like messaging Phil, can you please transfer money right now? Like, <laughs> what an ordeal. What an ordeal. What an ordeal is right. But it's always nice to get some something in the mail. So I'm sure yeah. when the card, if, if slash when the card does <laughs> arrive, like, I will yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the thing that we always get here is we get stuff from Scotiabank Canada. It just always seems to make its way here. It's not amazing. 
anything to do with the bank it's there yeah anything anything that might be fun might not see it Mm, crap shoot we're not sure i remember a couple of uh, a couple of years ago i mean it was probably five years ago i sent cards to my nephews and i always of course i always send if I send one nephew a card, I send the other a card. And I used to, like, when they were really little, I used to send them the same card so that there was no, you know, infighting. Now yeah. they're a little, you know, now they're seven and they're a little bit more, you know, independent of one another and have individual personalities. And and so I send them things that I think one will like or the other will like, right? But when they were really little, everything had to be the same so that there was no argument. And I remember there was one year that one of, like, the card for one of the boys showed up. And my sister-in-law, like, waited and waited and waited and waited. And the card for the other never came. And so then finally it was Christmas. And so then I think she, like, texted me. And she was like, so is there any chance that, like you wrote like one of the boys names on the envelope but like the card was really meant for both of them like I'm trying you know and I said no 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 like 100% I sent two cards and she's like okay like one of them just hasn't shown up like I, I don't know lo and behold I think it didn't show up until January I think it was it was in the new year that the second card showed up and it was mangled like clearly it had gotten <laughs> caught somewhere and well this was probably five years ago I kid you not about a week ago I get a text message from my sister-in-law that says just so you know (laughs) one of the boys cards showed up I'm assuming there's another one in the mail not sure where it is and it's the same like it's the same kid like the same kid's card made it and the same kid so I don't know if it ever showed up or not she never said anything so now you have me worried because I I, I've sent both my granddaughters each one but I I sent it to their mother's house but I also then sent a card to their her to their brothers so now it's a lot of kids that have to get cards it's a lot of kids (laughs) exactly I I, I never really considered that but I didn't consider that. But it's funny because I send cards to my nieces and they have always arrived at the same time. Mm. So, I mean, what's that about? I don't know. Sandy. Yeah. Did you listen to that podcast episode that I sent you? Which one was that? The one that's the podcast is called 10% Happier. No, I. Why did I miss one? I went back to look at links, and the only ones I was listening to were the Freakonomics ones because I'm yeah. like obsessed. I've <laughs> I've listened to a few of those. <laughs> yeah, they're Super they're yeah. I also. So I will. I I know if I don't say this, Tim will be mad, and I don't want to start the the new year off with Tim being mad at me. Oh no! Yes. But he has been a long time Freakonomics listener, like a long time listener for years and years and years, and abs and absolutely loves them. And I never listen to Freakonomics radio. I never listen to their podcast ever. And so now, like finally, I've sort of dabbled in it, and I quite like it. And so yeah. I should really. 
make sure that I that I say that that he 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 was a he he was way ahead of the curve on that. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Uh, no. Okay. So in this like you know, you know sorting through and looking around and discovering new podcasts and whatever, I saw this one podcast called 10% Happier and there was mm-hmm. an episode of the podcast that where they had a guest speaker who had written a book and it was all about motivation and I thought this might be a really interesting thing to talk about right at the beginning of 2023 I mean I think yeah. you know motivation is always that elusive thing that we're searching for but particularly at the beginning of the year or at any sort of the beginning of anything that tends to be a time when we're either feeling particularly motivated or feeling like we should be feeling particularly motivated and so I thought this might be there might be some interesting things in here for us to talk about okay so the uh the the book is a book that I have heard about before through WW. There's a, there was a member who mentioned it months ago because I wrote it down, but I never came across it. Like, I don't know why I didn't come across it. I don't know why I didn't look for it. I'm not really sure. The book is called Get It Done. And the author's name is Eilet Fishbach. And she was the the guest on this podcast episode. And she talks about a lot of the things that are in the book. So I'm now that I've listened to the podcast, I am going to have to actually look for that book because I do think it would be interesting. Yeah. There were a lot of things in the podcast or like in the episode while I was listening because and it's very much like a straightforward interview where he asks her questions she talks about it he asks follow-up questions she answers um it's not like super you know fun and engaging necessarily although she's quite pleasant to listen to um but the thing was very little of it was mind-blowing most of it was very like I've heard this before yep I've heard that before yep that makes sense okay yep 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 you know but Mm -hmm. what I found so fascinating was that so much of it is like okay well that was a topic at WW one week oh that was a topic at WW one week oh we've talked about that at WW before like everything was so connected to what we're talking about all the time uh, at WW and what we're talking about you and me you know when we're chatting so that was really quite interesting to me so let me go through some of the the points that she talks about and then you know we can sort of go from there okay so she starts by just describing and explaining the idea of intrinsic motivation to begin with and so she said intrinsic motivation is when you do something because doing it itself is fun you are you're motivated to do something because the doing is fun okay which makes sense yeah 
But then she says, so it's completely unrealistic to assume that most of the goals that we set for ourselves are, are completely are intrinsically motivated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the goals that we have, um, maybe they have a, a piece of intrinsic motivation, but yeah. they're not completely intrinsically motivated. And so she said, for example, if you love your job, and you go to your job and you do your job and, and it really fulfills you and you and you really enjoy what you do. There is a there is an element of intrinsic motivation in that because you do like what you're doing. But she said at the end of the day, you're probably doing that job because you need to make money to pay your bills or, you know, like she said, there's, there's a piece of it also that there's an extrinsic motivator as well. And, and she said, this is not a good thing or a bad thing. She's like, it just is. Yeah. And so a lot of what she talked about in the podcast that I thought was quite interesting was she's like, it's not that this is good or bad. She's like, it just is. And so she said, at least you should recognize it, you know, like recognize that you can't assume that you will be completely intrinsically motivated to do everything in your entire life because mm -hmm. you can't possibly only do things that are fun for the sake of doing them. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I liked that. Um, however, she did say that one of the interesting pieces about intrinsic motivation is that it's a good predictor of what a person will do because obviously we are more likely to do the things that we enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And so she said, if you have a goal to achieve something, you're more likely to achieve it if it's connected to something that you enjoy doing. And so she often gave examples using activity as an example. And so she said, you know, if your goal is to be more active, you're going to be more likely to achieve that goal if the activity yeah. you are doing is something that you enjoy. And so as soon as yeah. she was saying that, I was like, ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Like yeah. that sounds like, you know, WW if I ever heard it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, that just makes logical sense to me. Mm hmm Absolutely. Is there anything, like, so, so I'm thinking, is there anything that you can think of that it was a goal that you had that, you absolutely hated everything about it. Like, you know why I'm thinking about this? Because I, I just had this conversation last week with one of the women that I work with at WW and someone was talking about doing some sort of activity. And she said like, she's like, yeah, she's like, no, I don't, I don't like activity. And, and so then, and so I said like, you don't like any activity and she said no she's like I just I really I don't like any activity and I said like no activity like I said you don't even like to like go for a walk outside and she said well like I guess I like I would go for a walk outside but she's like no like like she genuinely doesn't like it okay and I was like wow like I can't even imagine not liking anything, you know, like, sure. I mean, some days I feel like it, some days I don't. I definitely like certain activities more than others. I don't want to do this, but I love to do this, you know, but like yeah. there are things that I love to do, but like, but this woman, nope, does not like any of it. So bizarre. Okay. So strange, right? 
Very strange. But I find this that I find it strange when people don't like vegetables. So yeah, same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or or can't get they don't eat enough vegetables, or they can eat go a whole day without eating any vegetables. And I think about how much of the, my my meal planning is based and includes vegetables. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for that, I just find that very weird. But getting back to your question, is there's I, that's the thing. See, I, I mean, if I really think about goals that I've set for myself, there are very few things that I can think of that I purposefully set a goal for right to achieve you know and then had to figure out like how am I going to do that right so most of them would have been like activity based like like a, a running a race mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doing something active right mm -hmm. where I had to train there had to be a plan in place mm -hmm. like so I was motivated to do the activity Mm -hmm. because I knew I wanted to reach that, like the goal was something that I wanted to do. But if I think of other things like goals, like, I mean, even as far as like school, like I really wasn't super like motivated in school. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. I went and took night courses after. So yeah, my goal was to get an HR certificate and I was motivated to do the classes and I enjoyed the topic of the the information yeah. so so that I guess is something that but you she, asked if it's something that I wasn't motivated to do is that yeah what yeah with the I mean I'm yeah I'm just thinking so she talks about th that that the real like that the first key to finding motivation and being motivated is having the right goal because okay. she said often we pick goals that are not actually goals they're just chores <laughs> like so we we give ourselves yeah. like we say like my goal is to do whatever but like I don't actually want to do that thing in the first place or maybe I would like to have like I would like to be able to say that I did it but I don't actually want the work yeah that requires like that is required to do it and so she said that's not a goal that's just a chore and but isn't, she said, but when, isn't that, isn't that weight loss? <laughs> like, I mean, I want the, I want the, I want the result, but I don't really want to do all the work and make the right? sacrifices and changes that are necessary. To do well, that. and so that's, so that's the key. Like for me, for sure, I, for, I, for this is, I, I don't necessarily mean like for me personally, yeah. but just for me and my understanding yeah. is, you know, absolutely. If, yeah we don't want to do what we're doing, mm -hmm. then it is a chore, right? And, yeah. and, and I think with weight loss, that's, that's often the case. And sometimes it can feel like a chore. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and she said, this is problematic because we are less persistent when we feel like we have to do something and we don't want to do it. Yeah. And so if you feel if something is a chore, if you feel like you have to do something because you've been told to do it, because you've told yourself to do it, because you know because you feel like you you don't have a choice about doing it, but you hate everything about it, 
you know, you're not going to persist. You're not going to push through challenges. You're not going to, you know, put in the time and the effort that is required to to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve because it's just a chore. Yeah. You know, and so picking the right goal is important. And she said, sometimes what is required, and this is something we've talked about at WW as well. She said, sometimes what is required is to ask yourself why, like why that goal? You know, like, so if the goal is to lose 50 pounds, well, why? Yeah. Like, like why, like why that number? Why now? Why, you know, like ask yourself those questions. Right. And so then if Mm -hmm. you say, well, 50 pounds, because, you know, that would put me at whatever weight when I'm like, when I've lost the 50 pounds, well, why is that weight important? Yeah. Well, because that's the weight that I was before. Well, why do you have to be the weight that you were before? You like, yeah. like, so she said, you just have to keep asking yourself the question why to eventually get to the, like the pearl of wisdom. Like what is actually the goal? Yeah. You know, and you might actually find it. Like you might find that the original goal that you thought was the goal is in fact the first step to getting there. Mm-hmm. And she said, you might find that it's something completely different. Yeah. That you, it was just masked under this other idea, but really that's not the goal at all. Mm. Hmm. Which I think is, is it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting way of, of thinking about why we do the things that we do and why we're aiming for certain things. Right. Yeah. She also talked about, and this is something that, um, that is interesting based on what you just said about, you know, when you think about, you know, having goals that you don't really think so much as about yourself as having specific goals. And so that was one of his questions. One of his questions to this author was, you know, what about to-do lists? Like what about a list of goals to achieve? Mm-hmm. And and so she said, which was interesting, is she said that when she was writing her book, yeah, the publisher wanted to like pitched a bunch of cover ideas, and yeah. one of the ideas for the cover of the book was a to do list. And she said, okay, she said, but she said I don't want people to think that they have to have a to do list in order to be motivated. So she said, I that can't be the cover of the book. Huh. And so, and so the podcast host said, so to do a to, a to do list is bad. And she said, no, she's like, it's not bad. She's like, it's just not for everyone. Yeah. And she said, some people have a list of goals and they're working towards them and they're checking them off. And she said, that's fine. She said, but she said, what is actually necessary, whether it's a to do list or not, is to just have an understanding of what are the things that are important for you in life currently. Okay. And she said, and that will guide what you need to do and, and hopefully your motivation to doing those things. So she said, it's not necessarily, you know, a list of, I would like to, you know, do this. I would like to achieve this. I would, you know, she said, it's just knowing like, you know, what is important to you right now? Like maybe, uh, you know, having more downtime is important. Maybe 
uh, planning for, you know, some upcoming trip is important. Maybe, you know, like she said, just have an idea of what are the things that are important to you right now. And that's where your, your goals sort of stem from. And so I wonder, and I think of that for myself too, because I also don't typically have like a list of, these are the things I would like to accomplish. Yeah. But I do have a sense of, what I, where I want to spend my time and energy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think that can be helpful because I think sometimes when we get caught up in the to-do list, it gets very easy to get caught up in a bunch of, a bunch of goals that are actually chores, right? Like for me, a to-do list sounds like a list of chores. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 And and that does not sound motivating. You're right. The only thing for me that is motivating about a to-do list is like when I can throw it out at the end of the day because I did it all. Yeah. Like if I was to think it would be like I, on my to-do list would not be something, I, know, I guess it could be, but like planning, planning a trip. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have as a to-do list. That would be a, that would be something separate on its own. A to-do list would be, you know, I'm going to prep this. I'm going to go and get this. I need yeah. to buy this. I need to like, yeah, more bite-sized type things. Some may yeah. take a little bit longer, but but and no. less and less an overarching yeah exactly goal, right or yeah. or thing that you want to work toward yeah. Yeah. Um, they also had a conversation for quite some time that I thought was pretty interesting about how important it is to monitor your progress to like as you're working toward a goal. Yeah. And so the question that that the podcast host posed was, should you monitor? like what you've already accomplished towards your goal or should you like, is that how you should monitor your project, your progress, or should you monitor your progress by how much you still have to do? (laughs) So what do you think, Sandy? How, what is the better way to monitor your progress by looking to see what you've already done or by looking ahead to see what is left to do? I tend to, I can only like the, the best example that I have for this is, is any time I was running <laughs> that yeah. once I got past the 50, like the halfway mark, but I think about that. It's mostly to do with activity. Like if I'm thinking of, I'm in an exercise class and I very rarely wear a watch, but when now I'm working out once a week in the afternoon and I have my watch already on. So, but I get, I get down there, but then I find like I'm doing something and I, and I have to tap it to like, look and see, Oh God, it's only been 20 minutes. <laughs> my abs are so sore. I feel like throwing up right now. So, but, but, but then I would look to see, okay. Yep. I, I, if it's a 10 K I've done five, it seems easier the next five, even though it's the same amount of distance, but it's cause I have less to do than I did when I started. Sandy, that I, you could not have given a more perfect answer than that one because Islet Fishbach, the researcher of motivation says before you reach the midpoint, 
it's more motivating to look back at what you've already done. Yeah. After you've reached the midpoint, it's more motivating to look ahead to what is yet to come. (laughs) Which is exactly what you said. Right. And I thought the same thing. Like when you're when you're in when you're doing a run or or a or whatever, like when you're when you're going a certain distance. I have this too, even like um like on long, on long car trips, for example, or flights, right? Like long, like any sort of long distance or long time, mm-hmm. you know, it's at the start, it's like, okay, so I've done two kilometers, I've done five kilometers, I've done seven kilometers, but then you hit that halfway and now you're like, okay, I got eight more to go. I've got five yeah. more to go. I got two more to go, you know, but, but if you start at the beginning and you're like, oh my goodness, I have like, you know, I have, I have 20 and a half kilometers still to run. Like it just feels impossible. Right. There is, there is nothing worse than to start a race. And that it's like, you know, say it's a half marathon and then you get, and they're like, you know, you're at the like one kilometer. You're like, what? Like, (laughs) I don't want to see every kilometer counted down. No, at all. No. And it like, some of them have a sign up. Some had it painted on the road. No. no, it was always no, refreshing you. though if you saw one and it was like eight because some of them would do like five and then eight and then thirteen or something. Yeah. And then, you know, you were at you saw eight, but then you were running with and then you were like, oh, the last 13. time I saw one, it was five. This I is know, amazing. Then, and then it's like thirteen. I'm golden here, man. I'm golden. Yeah. Well, because once you get to thirteen, you're over the halfway mark, and exactly. now you're counting down. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And then I'm really visualizing my brunch. <laughs> of, of course, because that is actually the motivation. That is actually the motivation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that um, I, I, I really liked that, too, because they were talking about, you know, being able to reflect back and look back at, you know, what you've already accomplished and being satisfied with what you've already done and being satisfied with where you are. And that is absolutely something that we talk about in WW, like reflecting, looking back, seeing, seeing the progress you've already made. Um, One of the things that I don't think we do a lot with WW and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a way to do this as well is we don't often talk about the looking forward part. You know, I feel like we talk a lot about where we've come from and how far we've come. We talk a lot about like the moment that we're in right now. We don't actually talk a lot about, you know, where am I headed and how can that motivate me? Yeah. Anything in life is if you just kind of flip the script, Mm -hmm. it puts a totally different, like you're in a totally different headspace around whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's like through you know just uh experience or the way that we were taught that we only look at things in a certain way yeah but yeah I I don't know why we do that why anyways I mean I think we do sometimes like I think we when we're talking about like numbers like a numbers game like I like maybe we'll get to a point where it's like you know 10 more to go, you know, or like I have five more pounds to lose or I have 20 more pounds to lose or whatever that might be. But 
as opposed to saying I've already lost this number. So so maybe we do. Well, is it this? Is it is it actually? Yeah, I was thinking. Is it the is it the opposite of of thinking about like? I think that sometimes we tend to want to to focus on what makes us feel better, what appears mm -hmm. better, right? So, say you have ten pounds to lose, but you've lost seven. Mm -hmm. If someone said to you, "You've lost weight," you say, "Yeah, I've only got three to go." No, more more than likely, you're going to want to mm. share the amount that you've done but if right you're, right 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 but if you're the it's the other way when you're running or or doing anything when you are like okay i've only got this much left to go to get to my goal right even though the goal of of getting to your goal at weight loss with weight loss is it's exactly as it's just as as you know thrilling even mm-hmm mm -hmm. I don't, do you, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th I think there could be something to that. I wonder, I'm wondering, I'm just trying to think of like this whole idea in the, in this space of motivation and saying, you know, it, it's very motivating to say like, I've lost this much weight. Like I've lost five pounds. I've lost 10 pounds. I've lost yeah. 50 pounds, whatever. That's motivating. It's less motivating to say, I only have these many more pounds to go. Yeah. But I would say in the same way as, as with the running, when you're getting close to a goal, yes. it is motivating to say like, I only have this much left, you know, like, yeah. I think the challenge with that is the challenge. Okay. So here's something that I can think of that, that would happen to me specifically. And it, and it, ha it has happened to me like every single time that I've been in a moment of my life where I've been losing weight that it will be like, I'm only like I have a pound left to get to the next decade or yes. I have like 0.8, you know, left to get to the next decade, you know, like, and, and so that's always like, oh my goodness, I'm so close. And that feels motivating. Yeah. But then I won't achieve that on the next way in. Yes. And so then that's deflating. Yeah. But then what often happens is the week after I'm like three pounds down, you know, like, yeah. Like, there's something about it that that it just like the numbers feel motivating in the moment but if you don't achieve them when you think you should that can be very deflating and so I wonder if as a general topic of conversation in a WW workshop that's maybe why we don't talk about that, like looking forward and that like, yeah. I don't have this much left kind of bit because it feels like a lot of pressure, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah. Even if it can be motivating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know what the, I, I don't really know what the point is that I'm making. I'm just. No, it's, it is. I, it, yeah. 
it's it's no different than having just like you're saying that when you're saying you know there's like say point eight and then you don't achieve it but we've also seen where someone has had you know it's really feeling good and has had a lot of success and then one week there's some sort of a blip and they actually put on the, the weight goes up not mm-hmm. i'm not even going to say put on because mm. Yeah. It's just, at, I mean, it's literally a snapshot of a moment in time when you step yeah. on a scale and there's so many things that you have no control over that affect what that number is yeah, yeah, in reality. Yeah. But then they feel so deflated and then it makes whatever they had lost before not important anymore. It, it's not good enough. And so here is, I think, where this author would say, so the the goal has to not like the goal. It's the wrong goal. If you want to be motivated, Uh if you want to be motivated to eat well and move your body and take care of yourself and do all of those things and lose weight, the goal is not the number, right? Like the goal needs to be maybe like just yeah like i i think i think it it's removing the number from the equation if we're talking about motivation right if i mm-hmm. want to be motivated to lose weight then yeah. i need to be motivated to eat well and i need to be motivated to you know um make healthy choices for myself and I need like those are the things that I need to be motivated to do seeing that I'm 0.8 away from a number is not motivating me to do that like it's do you know what I'm saying is that does that make sense yeah yeah it does it's a little tricky (laughs) it, it is tricky it is tricky it's also I I I mean I am, you know, people might be upset with me, but I, I have to sometimes call BS on the, oh, it doesn't really matter what the number is or whatever. I I'm just want to be healthier, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been fed that. And so we regurgitate it. But I think that for a percentage, not everybody, but, a, but a, a, probably a bigger chunk of people than the maybe people want to admit that that motivation really is beyond that. Mm-hmm. I, you, you don't believe it. No, I, I know what you're saying. I, 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 and I agree with what you're saying. I think for many people, the number does matter. Yeah. But and I think like, oh, I just want to eat healthier and I want to live longer right. and I want all this, but I, I also agree with you. want to look good. And, and, and all of a sudden it's become like, not all of a sudden, but it's almost like vanity. I'm the first one to say, I mean, I, I feel better. I present myself like emotionally. I'm when I'm feeling good about how I look to myself in the mirror. Yeah. Right or wrong, it's that honest. I, but I don't think there is. I don't think that it is right or wrong. I think. I think if. I think that's like. I think that's a totally fair thing to to feel, 
And, and I think that's a goal, right? I think I was just going to say, is that a goal? I think it's a goal. I think it's a goal to say, I want to feel like I look like I want to, I want to feel for myself that I look good. Yeah. Right. I think that is, and I think it's a valid goal and a, and a good one to have. Mm -hmm. I think when we're thinking about like being motivated to get there, being motivated to, to persist with the work that is required to get to that goal, then, you know, we have to, um, you know, find the things that we enjoy within that to get there. You know, I, I think that seeing a number on a scale, I, I, I think, I think the trouble with the number is that we sometimes allow the number to be what is motivating and and that yeah. I think that's the difficulty like I think that's where the problem lies yeah you know like if I'm if I want to feel better and I want to look better and to do that I know I need to lose weight and then the only thing that is motivating me is seeing the number go down like you said what happens the week that the number goes up yeah there's got to be another drive. There's got to be another motivating force that is mm-hmm. not just the number. I think that's what I'm. Yeah. 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 For sure. And I, I mean, you. I can say that I'm, it's not, I'm not super focused on, I, how do I, on the number, but the number is related to yes. how my clothing feels on uh, my Yes. Body. Yes. That's what's messy about it. Yes. That's what's messy about Yes. I agree. There are two. <laughs> There are two more parts of this conversation that I think are important for us to have. Okay. So one is there's a whole conversation about incentives. Okay. Do incentives work? So the answer, the science of motivation would say incentives work, but they don't always work the way we think they will. Wow. And so she gave a couple of examples. And so there's this one super extreme and famous example of, uh, of when the French were occupying Vietnam okay. and they had a rat infestation. Mm-hmm. And so the French government at the time decided to incentivize the people of the city of this town in Vietnam, I believe is where it was, um, to, to kill the rats and the government would give them a one cent per rat that was killed. And so what the people in this town did was they started breeding rats (laughs) (laughs) so that there were more rats to kill so that they could make more money. And so what ended up happening is the rat infestation became worse because they weren't killed. Like they were breeding them faster than they were killing them. So, (laughs) so did the incentive of a cent per dead rat work to get these people to kill the rats? Yes. But also it encouraged them to find a way for there to be more rats in the first place so that they could kill more. I, I laughed out loud. (laughs) at this story and so of course this is a super extreme version but but 
she gave another example of a, a research study that she was involved in where they had different groups of children and they showed like they read them stories and showed them uh, uh like showed them stories of kids that ate carrots yeah. and then and then they were able to do things so like really young kids were able to like really young kids ate carrots and then they were able to count to a hundred or like older kids you know they ate carrots and then they were the strongest ones in their class or like they were they were trying to get these kids to understand that there was a connection between eating the carrots and then something that these kids should want and all of the kids in the study after having learned this ate fewer carrots <laughs> okay <laughs> because the incentive was supposed to be you want this good thing so eat the carrot but by telling them you know in order to get this good thing you have to eat this food that is good for you they were also reminding the kids that these this is a food that they shouldn't actually like and it's not their favorite food and so they huh. were they were less likely to grab it because they were because it wasn't an appealing food and it was and almost it was as if they were being sort of like dissuaded from it because yes. it was like okay but why why would I eat something that's not going to be delicious even if it's going to give me this good thing it's not going to be delicious I don't want it so so she said like incentives can work when it's the right incentive but you have to be really careful about it well that's yeah so I mean I think each as an individual we we know what will in and what an, a good incentive will be what will incentive yeah. incentivize us to do yeah. something to achieve something however yeah. it it's it's known that like in workplaces when the powers that be decide what would be a good incentive for employees without actually asking employees what it is that they would ah. want that that people are not it's not a good incentive it's say, exactly what you're saying mm -hmm. so you could continue to offer things but if they are not the things that your employees are interested in or want then why were they going to work to get them it is it's no different than if you think about ww having the 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 rewards program it, like shoppers drug mart and theirs like any any um incentive program that's out there i, I mean those are more loyalty but it is but, an incentive it, yeah it's it an, is incentive. an incentive right yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it, so so that's and a lot of uh programs fail as a result of that mm -hmm. because people assume what others are going to want or that it's the same as what would incentivize them. Right. And yeah. it's not. And so, uh, anyway, then that, that's, that is interesting. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the key with incentives is that they're very personal because, because it has to be something that is going to keep you interested. It's going to keep you engaged to do something. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I even think of like students in a class, right. If, 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 if you are uh, incentivized by a good mark, 
then you are going to demonstrate the learning skills and the persistence to like work through something and complete something. And, you know, like, whereas in, in a very different way than a person who doesn't care at all. For sure. Right. Yeah. Or when there's the bonus question or when there's, yeah, uh, you know, an opportunity to hand in something extra, mm-hmm. do extra work to, improve your grade Mm -hmm. i'm sure that there's you know a a Mm -hmm. lower percentage of people that actually do that i had a ww coach years and years ago that i remember her saying that when she was losing weight when she like before she got to her goal weight she would buy herself flowers every time she weighed in um and was down in weight. Okay. And I remember her telling this story and there were people in the WW workshop that were horrified at this incentive program that she had created for herself because like, so, okay. So the incentive, so now you've created this incentive that if I, if I'm down on the scale this week, I get to buy myself flowers but then and and this is tricky because this is where the the author of this book would say the opposite of an incentive is a punishment and so so what what this ww coach had created for herself was that kind of an incentive punishment loop where if if she was down on the scale she got she got to buy flowers but if she was up on the scale she didn't get flowers that week But isn't that like, well, then what, what, what incentive is not like that though, Henny? And I think this is where, I mean, no incentive is not like that, I guess. But I think this is where it's especially tricky with the weight business, like, and with the, with the scale, right? Like. I mean, I think for me, it would have been better. For me, it would have been better if if she'd said, um, you know, my goal this week was to, you know, track and stay within my points three days. And if I do that, I'm going to buy myself flowers, you know, like, and, and so now she's got something, something that she is in control of. And she's being incentivized by these flowers she's going to buy herself. You know, like the the problem was that once again, it was tied to, and you said it yourself, like that moment, you know, of all the moments in the week, it was that moment that you stood on the scale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like I think with the incentives, we have to be, we have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really like overthinking things like I understand that but I I guess for the people that are horrified it's because they saw it as as like something that now they feel like now I can't have that because I didn't do this yeah but yeah, it, yeah but it's not necessarily the person that is using that as for sure no, feels for sure. that way right for sure for sure for sure until no, you're absolutely until, right until until you until, point it out to them. That's it. until someone tells them that they should feel punished <laughs> no 
no, no. Okay, one last thing before we go. This and this was, I think, and okay. So you said something last week, and I said to you, yes. we're gonna we're gonna couch that because we're gonna yeah. come back to it. And right. so this is this conversation. So okay. the podcast host asks her, you know, what about quitting a goal? And she said, well, she said, it's not about quitting or not quitting. She said, it's all about the framing. So she said, there are, you know, there's a big difference between saying I'm giving up on this goal or I discovered there are other things that I would like to do, or I found a different, a, a different calling, or I realized that this was no longer what I wanted or, you know, like, so she said, it's all about the framing. She said, you can drop goals along the way when you realize that they are not bringing you any pleasure in your life anymore. Because remember, if you hate everything about it, it's not a goal, it's a chore. Yeah. So she said, absolutely. She said, sometimes you have to drop a goal. Yeah. Well, but I heard, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in a different podcast and it was about quitting. And it's like, it's not quitting, I'm pivoting. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Right. So it's not about that. It's about your pivoting. So you, it's not you're giving up on it. It's just that that is just not the, the direction that you are going to be taking or you want right. to take or that's working for you. So you're going to move somewhere else because otherwise you've I mean, once you get to a certain point, there are things that you have achieved and learned up to a certain point. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we do need to pivot and say, OK, I'm not going to see this right to the very end because just like you said, this is not serving me. This is not bringing me any type of joy. It's not a goal anymore. I, it's not yeah. something that I need to achieve, but yeah. I'm going to do something different. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, th I think that because when you are continually working on a goal and you are not motivated to do it and it just doesn't feel good and you, do, and you hate it, Mm -hmm. it occupies too much energy and space yeah there's there's actually more energy and space wasted yes. on continuing and sticking with something it's like saying you just gotta stick it out you just gotta stick it out no mm -hmm. i'm gonna how about you just stick it somewhere else like how about you do that <laughs> you know yeah. because it then you start it creates other things about why can't i do this why isn't this making me feel better blah 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 all of these other mm -hmm. inner dialogues that just are of no use there's nothing good to come of any of that oh my goodness that was a lot can i just tell you that i had to google this rat thing and it is the great rat massacre uh, the great Hanoi rat massacre. So yes, that's Hanoi. what it's called. That's and is it is it in Vietnam? Did I get yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, yes. so, that's so. It's in the city of Hanoi. Yeah, and what <laughs> they what they did? Yeah. That's why I googled it. I was like French French government invasive rats Vietnam, and it I came love it. up I love as it. that and Wikipedia, <laughs> and so they actually how they got away with it was they just cut the tails off the rats so they got their penny and then they let the, the rat live oh, so they had all oh, these tailless rats but they were reproducing oh 
I love it. That's even better. That's even better than what I thought it was. <laughs> find out what is this? A colonial officials, however, began noticing rats in Hanoi with no tails. The rat catchers would capture rats, sever their tails, release them back into the sewer so they could produce more rats. Yeah, that's really quite amazing. Outcome: bounty program canceled. <laughs> but then it program. says. Oh, other, other anti-pandemic measures taken. That's what it says. But yeah, now they call it the rat effect. The rat effect. I mean, that's wild. and it says it's it's this is these events are often used as an example of of a perverse incentive. I just need to go to like pub a pub quiz night or something. <laughs> you are ready now. You're motivated to do some <laughs> trivia. <laughs> I think I'm it's it's really for me I I I have to admit I listened to the podcast twice because I listened to the episode once and thought and like listened to it from start to finish and thought this is great this is so applicable to WW it's so similar to stuff we talk about all the time it's so like um you know, timely for this time of year. And so then I thought I better listen to it again and take some notes. So I remember. So, (laughs) but, but the second time I listened, I, I was as, I was equally as interested in what they were talking about. And if I had to sum the whole thing up, I would say there has to be something about working toward the goal that you like. Yeah. And, and if there's nothing about working toward that goal that is enjoyable for you. Why are you wasting your energy? Yeah, you're, that's it. You're, it, it, you're, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your, you know, your, your life. Yeah. Yeah. Moving towards something that, that brings you no, uh, no pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you can be working on a goal that is really just to prove a point Mm. or and it it is not something that really is that important to you. Maybe it's mm-hmm. it's actually somebody else's goal. Yeah. For you. For you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, not helpful. Not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so so this week, I hope uh, people are feeling inspired and motivated, and you know, it's fresh new year, start of twenty twenty three. You know, yeah. and and I think maybe maybe take this idea of instead of a, a list of goals to achieve, you know, yeah. what is it that is important to you in your life right now, and yeah. and throw your energy there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that I think that that's a very timely goal <laughs> setting <laughs> session. <laughs> Um, but yeah, without the, it, it makes it, it doesn't sound as structured, but it doesn't mean it's less effective. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Oh my goodness, honey. Well, thank you for, uh, listening to that podcast. And now I can see that it went somewhere else because I did go and look in the links and it, it went somewhere different. And so oh, yeah. I missed it, but I did go into a rabbit hole of the other one, which I'm thoroughly, I am actually thoroughly enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. Did you listen to any of the other ones? Um, A few. I've listened to a few. I also quite enjoy it. Yeah. It's very interesting. I want to listen to the one where the, where the, the, uh, the housewife came up with the recipe for the atomic bomb. 
Oh, yeah, I haven't listened to that one yet, but that sounds, I mean, that sounds right up your alley. (laughs) (laughs) Two women walking Walking. away. (laughs) A woman and a man walking away. A woman, a man, and a a child child walking away. (laughs) And if you'd like to know what we're talking about, I'll post it on Instagram. Perfect. You can find us at Beyond the Weight HS on Instagram, and uh, it's it's worth it's worth your while to to see. <laughs> well, on that oh, note, Sandy, I'm about to walk away myself. <laughs> I I can walk away with a dog. Ooh, well done, well done. <laughs> All right. All right, friend. Thanks. Uh, And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Thanks for the chat, honey, and for always uh, in my afternoon making, giving me that little bit of uh, a pickup. It's a great pickup for me. So I'm so glad. I'm so glad. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs)